0: that's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BDW group void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. You're listening to Kingdom Authority with your host, Dancia J. Morris on Kingdom and Power Incorporated. We're here to educate, motivate, and elevate your mind, body, and spirit. If you have questions or comments, or just want to talk to your host, you can call in at 646-668-2413 or listen in online at lambministries.com. And now, here's your host, Dancia J. Morris. Hey, 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 y'all. Hello, and welcome to the Kingdom Authority broadcast with your host, Reverend Dancia Jones-Morris. Let me tell you, y'all, I'm excited about this day. This is definitely the day that the Lord has made, and I am rejoicing and glad in it. I hope y'all got up, went to church, did some Bible study, something, went into the house of the Lord, went to the house of the Lord, and fellowship with your fellow Christians or saints or whatever you want to call them. Some of us have some aints up in there. That's okay, too. That's the place where all of us can come together. I'm excited about tonight. Let me tell you, I'm excited about tonight or this afternoon for some people. I hope you are operating with authority in your territory, and that's what this is about. We have come to help each and every one of us operate wherever you are, operate with authority in your own territory. Don't be worried about everybody else. Do what you got to do. Support your sister, support your brother, but do what you have to do, what God has ordained you to do, what God has purposed you to do to walk on this earth for the time that you're going to be here. And guess what? It really ain't nobody else's business what God has ordained you to do. So do that, stay in your place, in your lane, and you're going to be fruitful and multiply. Now let's talk about fruitful and multiply. I'm telling you, tonight is the night I have a wonderful now dear friend um, who's going to be on again. Y'all loved her last time, and I hope we can bring keep bringing her back because this woman is B-A-A-A-D. I, you know, her last name ain't Jackson, but uh, we will call her Miss Jackson. <laughs> I love this lady. She has helped me through uh, a few things this year in the last couple of months and I mean nobody else could do it and God sanctioned her and ordained her to do that to pull me out when it comes to this particular topic and the feelings I was having. So I appreciate her on tonight. And so we're gonna bring her on in just a moment. I wanna throw out a couple of scriptures that people been quoting to me. This is part two. Most of you have heard the part one of this infertility doesn't define me. And so here we are again for part two. I want you to know that this is such a major topic in so many people's lives and a lot of people are coming forward and they're talking about their, the infertility, um, going through infertility and, and the struggles with it and, and so forth and so on. And people won't know it until you really go through it. Let me tell you something. You have a child and you now can't get pregnant again, it ain't the same. It ain't the same. I'm going to tell you that now. So I want to pray real quick, do a couple, have a couple of scriptures um, throughout this broadcast, and I I want you, I'm giving you time to share because I'm telling you, this woman is bad that's coming on. She is so knowledgeable about this topic. She is so real about it, and she's so Um, genuine about it, and I appreciate her. So when get some people on. Make sure you tell your brother, your sister, auntie, big mama, and, and them. You know how it is. Get them all on because we want to make sure you understand what not to say to somebody that's struggling with infertility. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you. We praise you. We love you. We adore you. We magnify you because you are God. You are Jehovah. Jehovah Jireh, you're Jehovah Shalom, you are our provider, and you are our peace. Those are the two things I want to focus on, how you are our provider and you are peace. And Lord, you make provision for everything, and as a result of that, we can have peace that you're going to provide for us, whatever we need. So thank you for being who you are in our lives. Thank you, oh God, for just rescuing us from our own mindset, from our own thoughts, sometimes sometimes not so positive. We thank you, oh God, that you keep us from um, struggling so deeply <laughs> and sinking in that struggle. And we don't have to sink. We don't have to fall up underneath that weight, Father, but we can be lifted up once we find a Candace in our life, once we find Whoever it is in our life, once we find a, a, a Jill or a Joe or a, a Brian or whoever it is, God, once we find those people, we can come together and we can discuss and talk about it. But Lord, we're being transparent. We're doing what you have sanctioned us to do in this particular season. And we're going to talk about this thing, Lord. And we're going to share because we don't want the enemy having a foothold in any area of our life, but especially tonight, we're calling out the struggles of infertility in the church, Father, in the body of Christ, Father, when it comes to walking out our faith, our belief, or whatever it is, God, we say yes to to, to victory through this, God. We know this doesn't define us, and we're bigger than this Struggle, and so in the name of Jesus, I call out, call out people who are struggling, and call them out of that stress and that load and that burden. And I say they do have the victory; they do have the victory. You don't have to be; they don't have to be um, 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 a prisoner to that mindset, Father, and to that struggle. But they can rise up above it, Father. And so now we want to help some others to understand what we struggle with, so, Lord, they're not or we're not or whoever's not, we know how to deal with one another when it comes to this situation. So I praise you, oh, God, for this opportunity and this time to come together and to share and to understand. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. All right, once again, you're on the broadcast, Kingdom Authority broadcast with your host, Reverend Dancy Jones-Morris. Just call me D, D to the A-N-S-I-E-A. That's right. I'm Dancia. I am so excited. i am telling you, I don't even know if they say geek, but I am geek tonight about what's about to transpire. The other thing is, I pray that you definitely operate in your territory with authority. Operate with authority in your territory. Let's go to a couple of scriptures before I bring Candice on. And when we're going, to I, you know, I want to talk about these couple of scriptures because I've heard them over the years, and I've read them several times, and they're making me feel some kind of way. And so can I be real with y'all tonight? I, you know, we're going to talk about this, and we're going to talk about a few things um, what what we don't really want to hear ever again. So here here's the thing, but this is in Jesus' name. We're just trying to help, okay? So Psalm 139, please go to that if you want to, Psalm 113.9, Psalm one hundred thirteen. And the ninth verse says, in the New King James Version, I'm reading, he grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. Praise the Lord. Psalm 113.9, New King James Version says, he grants the barren woman a home like a joyful mother of children. And then they end with praise the Lord. I'm going to tell you, this verse been having me feel some kind of way. I said, this couldn't have been a woman that wrote this verse that was barren. Couldn't have been because in my walk, I don't even understand how you can be like a joyful mother of children when you go and do the struggle. And then they're going to turn around and say, praise the Lord. So I'm going to bring this up with Candice in just a little bit, and we'll talk about this. Here's the next verse. So hold on to that. Put a bookmark, pen, hold that real quick. Isaiah 54, Isaiah 54 in the first verse, New King James Version again. It starts off with this, a perpetual covenant of peace. So I'm expecting when I hear a perpetual covenant of peace, there's going to be something great, something good, something that's not about my struggles. But listen to this. Sing, O oh baron, you who have not born. First of all, what? Break forth into singing and cry aloud. I'm crying, but uh, mm. you who have not labored with child. Now, see, I can get with that one right there because I've been in the labor room with a couple of people, and I know it's pretty rough. Up in there, so I can understand that. But they want me to be happy. The only way to bring a child into the world is to go to the labor pains. So you want me to be happy that I have not labored with child? Listen to this: For more are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. We going to talk about that because there is something we don't want y'all to say to us. But then the Bible is saying this, and I'm trying to understand what, what you know what we do with this stuff. Anyway. I want to go ahead and bring so pin a pin hold on that because we're gonna bring we're gonna bring um sister Candice on and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna talk about this particular thing in just a few minutes. I want you to understand that whatever struggle you are going through, that God has definitely the capability to bring you through it. But you listen, He's put people on Earth to help you through it, and I want to bring on my friend Candice, who has definitely. Helped me in these last two months. Candace, you are on. Um, are you there, my dear? Yes, ma'am, friend. I am here. Awesome. Y'all hear her? I love her voice, first of all, but then her energy. Watch this, y'all. So, Candace, just talk to the people real quick and greet them. Hello, Saints and Aints. Sometimes I'm an ape, but hello, how are you? <laughs> I'm giving all honor to God who is the head of my life. I welcome to you Welcome you to part two this evening on Infertility Doesn't Define Me. We uh, talked about my background last time. If you didn't get a chance to hear it, uh, inbox me or inbox Danzia. We have seen you a recorded uh, version of the entire in, in, of the interview in its entirety. But today, we're going to get a little touchy today. We might hurt some feelings, but it's okay. It's all I love. We're going to talk about relationships, yeah. uh, emotional, distress, mm. emotional distress, inadequacy, financial stress, strain on the infertility of uh, spouses, and the things you should not say to us in our opinion. It's only me and Daniel Daniel's opinion because we the only ones that That's on right. House. So <laughs> the top five things you should not say to us. And then, guess what we gonna do? We gonna try. I'm gonna try my best to give you some advice to move you forward, so we can grow together. I love it. I love it. Well, let's go ahead and get started, Kenneth. I'm gonna let you first of all take the lead on that because you have gone through the whole. And and y'all listen, we have not rehearsed it. We just talked about a few things, and so we're gonna give you us today. So you're just gonna be listening into a conversation. With some, with some information as well that's going to help you. So I want you to just tune in. If you do want to come on and talk about your experience with this, please go ahead and message me on Facebook, and I will, I'm watching for that as well. Inbox me, Facebook me. You can, de- you can definitely text Candace or text myself and say, hey, I want to come on. We need to know your number so we'll know. All right? Um, so let's go ahead, and Candace. I'm going to let you start off. And then we'll go into some of those things that um, we don't ever want to hear. But let's start off with relationships and the, the financial stress and emotional stress. Sure thing. So this is just my experience in going through the process of infertility, the strain on a relationship. I am so very blessed because there was no strain on my relationship with my husband. It actually brought us closer together. I think before we started doing the IVF and the IUI, different types of infertility processes and programs, we were kind of in separate lanes doing our own thing. Of course, we loved each other and we were still in the same home, but we were kind of living like we were single. And what I mean by that is he would be on the game, I'd run to the mall, hang out with friends. We were just doing our own thing. And when we started, when we decided to try to have a family, we did not realize at the time it would be such a strain physically, emotionally, mentally, and financially. So instead of it bringing us apart, it actually drew us closer together. And and I think one of the reasons why it drew us closer together is because we were by ourselves. We were in a state where we were 10 hours away from one family and 11 hours away from another family. We didn't have any friends. And, of course, mm. we went to work. I worked at Alabama. He was um, at the Air Force base in Mississippi. So all we had was each other. So God put us in this particular situation to where we had no other choice but to lean on the other one. So I can honestly say that it did not put a strain on our relationship. It actually brought us closer. But 37% of marriages who go through infertility wind up in divorce. That's pretty high. And I don't know why they end up in divorce. I would assume it's because sometimes we tend to play the blame game. You're the reason mm. why we can't have children or you're, or you're the reason why we can't have children. I do believe that one of the other reasons why marriage is split up is because it is a financial stress. Um, it wasn't mm-hmm. for my husband and I because we dipped into our savings something I said I would never do, but I ended up doing it. We dipped into our savings. But listen to me, people. 81% of people who are dealing with infertility don't have the finances to pay for it. 81% do not have finances Mm. to pay for it. Everybody is living check to check or just enough to get by to make it and if you do have some money left over it's not a whole lot to put aside to pay for infertility um some people are trying to buy homes and then some people have blended families where they have to pay out child support so they don't have that residual income or that extra income to bring in to pay for that blessed enough for uh, my husband and i we we had good jobs, and we didn't have any children, and we were debt-free. So we had some extra money to what we could put towards that to pay for any fertility program. I did find a strain, believe it or not, on relationships. Yeah. Candace, are you still there? So it sounds like um, she is. We've lost it for a second. Just give me one moment. I'm okay, back. Okay, Candice, are you can still you there? Okay, no problem. We can. Mm-hmm. Yes, thank you. I apologize in advance, people. Um, I did find a strain on relationships in my uh, friendships. Oh wow. Yeah, and I'm going to get down into the meat of it later on about know your audience. And by by knowing your audience, understand who you're talking to when you're going through this fertility issue. Um, find some audience, find people, find a group, find friends, find family who has empathy for you, not sympathy. Mm. So sympathy... Sympathy is when they feel sorry for you. We don't need people to feel sorry for us. We've not really been that done at. No. You need to That's find right. someone who has yes, you need to find someone who has empathy for you. And empathy is a whole lot deeper than sympathy. That means that their pain is in or your pain is in their heart or their pain is in your heart. Meaning you understand exactly what they're going through because you've gone through it. For those of you who have had children and you cannot have children again or you're having a hard time having a second child or a third child, that is called secondary infertility. Wow. We're not talking about that today. That's another, that's another show. We're talking about infertility mm-hmm. where, the, where the woman has never had a child, has never right. birthed a live child. That's infertility. Yes. So they've either never been pregnant, or they've been pregnant and can't hold it. That's infertility, not secondary infertility. That's a whole nother show, and you need to find your group. Find your group, people, because it is hard for a person dealing with infertility to console you when you have a child. It is hard on us. We don't know what to say to you, just as if a woman that has a child doesn't know what to say to me. So I had to apologize to several of my friends for putting them in such an awkward position to console me and help me feel better because I didn't have any children or I was losing children and they had children. They didn't know what to say. And it wasn't their fault. They just hadn't experienced it. So they had sympathy for me, but they didn't have empathy. Um. So inadequate so that's um go ahead, go ahead. That's a good point. That's a good point because many times people think they can relate and although they have some kind of um let me say some experience with whatever they're dealing with, you know, they can't relate on the same level. And it cause it can cause some relationship strain as a result of that because you wanna care for someone where they are but you just can't. It's like if you've never if you've never lost a sibling and if you never lost your mom or dad, you, you can only you can only say something based on your experience and not someone else's experience unless you experience that same thing and you're that same person you're have to have that same temperament, you have to have that same lifestyle, that same relationship. Between like, like say a father or a daughter or father and son, and I think a lot of times, and it's kind of good in a certain in a, in a certain uh, I don't know aspect because we don't want everyone to feel the exact same thing because we couldn't really help each other. I think how God has made us, He made us like I think about you, Candace, when I was having a rough time during Mother's Day and I should have called you, didn't, and you got on me about it because you began to say some things that I had already been feeling, but I didn't think anyone understood. Mm -hmm. And so, but it wasn't, it was from a little bit of a different perspective to help get me out of my rut. And so I Mm -hmm. think it's important that you make this point that you can only have um, empathy In this case, because you, if you don't Mm -hmm. really know, you don't really know and you can't relate to this, this particular thing. And that's why I think it's important that we discuss, you know, um, the different things of how, you know, what to say, what kind of conversations to have and so forth, because you don't have those same experiences. And so I think it's a good point that you're making here. Yes. And let me just say the women who are going through infertility, you have a responsibility, too, in these relationships. I'm not about to sit here and put it all on your friends and your family. You also have a responsibility in this relationship. Because if you're going through something and you know your friend can't relate to you or she's not in the same boat or he's not in the same boat as you, why are you talking to them and expecting a different result? Why? Now, you mad because because they didn't deliver the message that your heart wanted to hear. That's not their fault. That's yours. Because at the end of the day, this is your story. And you opened that door to let people in, so you have to pick and choose who you let in. So I had to apologize to the friends I let in because they wanted to be there for me that just didn't know how, but I got mad because they didn't say what I wanted them to say. It wasn't their fault. It was mine. Because I need to what know my you eyes. What say. That's right. One of the I things I would it. like to stress oh. about is um, inadequacy. When yeah. I was about 25, I think, I, my stylist in Virginia, I was getting my hair done, and she had a childhood friend that would always come into the beauty salon. And we were laughing and talking. one day she, she would always ask me, you know, when you're going to have a child and you're not pregnant yet and all that kind of stuff. And, my, you know, back then I didn't want kids, so I was like, Nah, I'm good. Well, one day she said to me, you're not a woman until you have a child. I was oh, 25 or 26 years old, and I knew then that's a lie. And I told her, I said, lies you tell. I said, I was a woman at 11 when I dropped my first period. Now, mentally. I wasn't a woman, but my body was. So I've never felt inadequate as a woman. And I've never let my spouse feel inadequate as a man. We've always reminded each other that we're in this together. There is no one to blame. We're in this together. And I think it's mm. easier for he and I to feel that way because we don't have, we, neither one of us have children from anywhere. So I think it's easy for us to feel that way because we don't know where to place the blame because we're both in the same boat. So it's just like, well, no one's to blame. But I think in right in relationships where there is a partner or a spouse that has a child, it's easy to blame the other person because you say, well, I have kids and you don't. So it must be you. I was watching a TV show um, last week, and a young lady wanted to have a child and her and her husband went to the fertility clinic and they were talking to the IVF doctor and the IVF doctor listened to them. And finally he said, well, we want to test you. We want to do a semen analysis on your sperm, talking to the husband. The wife immediately jumped in and said, oh, it's not him. He's not the problem because I've been, because we've been pregnant before we've had miscarriages. That kind of jolted me a little bit because the first thing I thought to myself was, "Well, why would you place the blame on yourself? Right? Why would Why would you take that away from him and place it on you like you right. can't handle it? He's an adult, like you're an adult. So it, he may mm-hmm. be the problem. You don't even know. But women, we mm-hmm. find a, we we ridicule each other for not having children first of all, and we take all the responsibility on ourselves because we don't have any children. Yes. yes, and that's not fair. Yeah, and that's no, the, and not. that's the emotional distress, and that's the emotional distress. My goodness, and you know, I don't don't you think that our culture um, trains us to be that way? I do, and I think a lack of empathy comes from because. Your big mama, your grandmama, your mama and your sisters and your cousins, everybody had children and you don't. So now right. everybody's looking at you like the pariah because you don't have right. any children. And then you and then you mm. get home with your thoughts and you think, Well, my mother had children, my grandmother had fifteen, my dad is right. mama had sixteen kids. Why can't I have any children? Oh, my aunts had why a child. Can't I? Why can't I have any Why can't I? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. 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 That's pretty interesting. So we have to make sure that we – and, and I'm going to be honest with you. It feels like sometimes when I read the Bible that it's necessary. And so I don't think – maybe it's not just culture because it also kind of feels that way from the Bible, just even the verses that I've read. And so we grew up in the church, and I'm just going to be honest, culturally and also um, and also biblically, we grow up, and it's, a, it's, it's in Genesis. Be fruitful and multiply, mm-hmm. but what we don't multiply. understand, mm-hmm. correct, but what we don't understand, we don't really understand the Hebrewic understanding of what that really means. It's not just talking about kids. So, okay, about I'm I was going to say that but I, I, no, no, I was going to say that, but I didn't want to be inappropriate and run people the wrong way when it says be fruitful and multiply. Yeah, we automatically assume as children. We don't know what fruitful and multiply meant. Just like when it says five and offering, bring out five and offering to the storehouse and maybe be up say? to uh, build, build a build church. We talking about money now. But back then they didn't have money. They had cows and roats right. so, you know. They, right. they didn't have the they didn't have the American dollar. You know, they didn't have zero. Right. they mm-hmm. had stock and land. So what, what in terms of be fruitful and multiply, what does that entail mean? We don't know. We just, I think we've taken it upon ourselves to think of bearing children. And you're right, because even in the Bible, it's interesting when Hannah was trying to conceive and have a child, they said she went to the altar and she prayed so long that people thought she was drunk. So now I'm thinking yes. to myself, now, do I need to go to church and get up to that altar and pray so long that people think I'm drunk and to, to get some baby? Then that's what I'm thinking. <laughs> and I'm thinking now, and, and a couple of times I've said, well, I'll do it next Ooh, Sunday. I ain't going to do it this Sunday. You know, I'll do it next Sunday, go up there and pray so long that they probably think I'm drunk. Like, <laughs> you look at the Bible as a baby instruction before said. leaving earth. And you think, okay, right. is this is what I have to do. Just like when I talked last time about Manoah's wife. We don't know her name. All we know is Manoah's wife. And the angel of God came to her and told her to eat clean foods. And one of the things he said was, stay away from uh, grape. Well, I immediately told the way, throw all the grapes out. Like, you know, I literally took it. Like, throw the grapes away. We don't eat any more grapes. But I think the Bible was interpreting that was, don't drink any wine, alcohol. And when she be, when she became pregnant right. <laughs> from, from, yeah, but I'm thinking throw all the grapes away. Like we were, we were going through the same where we would really into black grapes. And so they're expensive. So my husband was like, hold on, before we throw these grapes away, why are you telling us to throw this away? And I showed him the scripture and he said, I don't necessarily know if that's literally throw the grapes away. I think it's relating to alcohol. So we did our research because of course it's wine. Wine is made out of grapes. And when, Manoah's wife, who become who is un unnamed, unnamed, we don't know what her name is, when she followed the instruction of the angel of God and became pregnant, she gave birth to Samson. And no one knows that Samson's mother was barren before she gave birth to him. So there is a lot of That's barren right. women in the Bible. It's a lot right. of barren That's women in her. the Bible. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. You can keep pressing on, Candace. <laughs> okay. Let's get into the top five things you don't say to a childless woman, people. Take note. Pass it on to your friend. Ooh. And don't ever say it again. Ooh-wee. Please don't. Not to me, definitely. Number one, when are you going to have kids? Well, when are you going to get a husband? See, now... <laughs> you don't want don't, see Okay, now see y'all don't want us to go in And talk about that So leave us alone about when we're going to have kids Who, was te- who said we're not Trying to have children Now me and my husband been right. at it for 12 years And now you walking up to me with my bitter self Because you know I sometimes I get like Hannah And I'm bitter in my soul So now you come walking with me telling me When you going to have kids And you you got children you don't have no man Now if I were to ask you when you're going to get a husband, your feelings would be hurt Now I'm disrespectful, see that's not the right thing to say, people, because you don't know what place that person is in their life, whether they That's want right. to, whether they're trying to have children or not. Sometimes right. they may not even want kids. So don't Absolutely. put that pressure on them that they have kids. Number two. And, and then why? I've had some, go, ahead, me, go, go ahead, Dandy. Let's continue with that, because why is it any of your business? Well, I think it Like why would people society. even ask that? Yeah, because when you get married, that's the next step in life. Mm-hmm. When you get married, that's it's like that's the next step in life. So when you're gonna have children, and and society has made women feel this is why we were placed here, and there's nothing wrong right. with that. There's nothing wrong with that, and we are. We have a uterus. We have a womb. It's made to carry children. Right. But we Uh have found out that there is a a high percentage of women who cannot. So there is nothing they can do about it, people. There's nothing they can do about it. So no, no, no matter how many times you beat them across the head, you can't make them have a baby. Number two. Which brings us to, yeah, let's go to that. Let's go to number two. You better have children before your husband leaves you. hmm Who's to say I won't leave him? Now, see, here we go again. How do you know he's not the problem and I'm not going to walk away from him? Once again, you put that blame on the woman that because she doesn't have any children, her husband going to walk away from her. That's unfair, and it's mean. and it's insensitive. It is mean. Mm-hmm. And a friend said that and to me. And let me tell you something. That was the last time we talked. Oh, wow. Now, I'm just that right wondering. Now. That's the last time we talked. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm just wondering. So those who are listening, please, if you are online, you can go in and do um, chat with me about this episode. And so I would like to see, you know, just what your thoughts are <laughs> about this, about what's being said, about the, the, the things that are said to people who are struggling with infertility, especially women, is what we're talking about right now. So send me a message. Let me know what your thoughts are about this, and I would love to hear from you at this time because if you think we're way off let me know. I just don't think so. Please. This is, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with, with Candace on that. Or give us a new perspective on it. Because I'm going to tell you, it hurts when I've heard those things over the years, almost 20 oh. years now. Mm-hmm. Dancy, a lot of my people are, uh, are not friends with you on Facebook. Let them know how they can uh, find you on Facebook to participate in the chat or find you on ML. Wonderful. Wonderful. To find me on inbox, and you can go to um, my Facebook page, at Dancia Jones Morris. That's D as in David, A, N as in Nancy, S as in Sam, I, E, A, Jones Morris, M-O-R-R-I-S. Send me an inbox, and I'm telling you, I'm on here right now, so I can see it when you send me a message. It is incredibly important that we hear from you regarding this, because, you know, what if we're wrong? I can tell you, our opinions are going to be our opinions about it because it's our experience. But we do want to hear from you and hear from a different perspectives. So go to at Dancia Jones Morris on Facebook. Okay, number two. Let's, let's this, Yeah, let's, let's talk about number three. Ahead. Okay, this really gets my hide, people. When a person says to me, "I will carry a child for you," now who told oh, you I want your uterus? Who told you I wanted your uterus to participate in what me and my husband trying to do over here? Who told you that? Why did you Mm, think that was mm, mm. appropriate that you would carry a child for me? Now I know we friends, and I love you, but I only see you when I see you. I don't know how you living at home. You probably don't even eat as clean as I. So who told you I wanted to use your uterus <laughs> to carry a child for me? Do you know I had, and I'm going to tell you all this story. Now, this was the funny thing. I was on the phone with a friend, and one of my other friends is listening, so I know she's about to burst out laughing because the girl did it to me. We were on the phone, and she said, Candy, I'm going to carry a child for you. I'll do it for you. Now, we don't on FaceTime. Now, when she said it, I know my friend. I know my friend very well. At the same time, she said that she puffed on a cigarette. Oh my! Talking about what she could do for me. Really? You a smoker? <laughs> and you? I'm like, you gonna offer up your uterus to carry a child for me? No thanks. And I told her no, thank you. Did you just puff a cigarette? She said, My yeah, girl. But for you, I'll stop. No, no thanks. I'm good. Yeah, so that's, I know you think you mean well, but it's insensitive, and what it makes us feel like is we can't carry our own child, so therefore, that's right, we can use you, that's what, it, that's, that's what resonates in our mind, that may not be where you're coming from, but that's what we hear when you say it, is, oh, you mm-hmm. can't carry your own child, so I can do, so I can carry one, and I'll do it for you. Yeah, um, you, you know what I? You ahead. know what I just heard? I just heard someone saying, and I didn't hear them in the in this natural. I just heard someone saying that we're being insensitive or we're being sensitive to people and maybe a little bitter. But um, that's the then that's the thing that we're talking about. Until you have gone through it, you don't understand because you don't have that point of reference. And so Mm -hmm. some of it is right, Candice, you're right. It is on us to help people to understand, and that's what we're doing today. So we can go ahead and just let that rest. We're doing it today. We may not have done it five years ago, last year, maybe not even 20 years ago, but we're doing it today, and this is going out to the world to help you understand. So I heard in the spirit that someone is thinking, well, we're just being overly sensitive. No, this is a thing that we go through. Maybe you're overly sensitive about the fact that about the fact that you can never get married, or it seems like someone just keeps leaving you, or it seems like, or or you weren't raised in the environment you wanted to be raised. There's, I mean, there's all kinds of things. This just so happens to be our struggle. Maybe you can't get a job, you know. <laughs> Maybe you right. have a health issue. All of us have a struggle, so let's. Let's understand where the person is before we make a comment about it is all I'm saying right now. Okay, I'm ready. Can I can I say something again? Let me say something to those oh, that are overly sensitive. You're absolutely correct. Now what? Yes, I am. <laughs> Next, I'm very overly sensitive. Yes. So now that you know that, don't say it to me, people. Thank you. Yes, I am overly sensitive. And I think – and I think sometimes we shy away from our feelings and our emotions because we don't right. want to offend the person that's saying it to us. But you have to understand you are offending me. And that's right. I love my grandmother. and I love my grandmama. And she listening again today, but she would tell me sometimes, oh, when you say it, you say it so harsh. And I say to her, but they didn't think about that when they said it to me. That's right. Yes, my delivery is harsh, but you didn't think about it when you said it to me, how ugly it was when I heard it. So when when those people say, in any situation that you're in that you're in a struggle to overcome and someone tells you you're being overly sensitive, admit it. Say, so, Yeah, I am. Now what? How like how do we now move what? forward? Because I am overly sensitive about it. Yes. Don't shy mm-hmm. away from have a discussion about it. Right. It's our life. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. I just had to, I I heard that, and for some reason, go right ahead. I'm glad you heard it. Number four, don't ask me what's wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I ask a woman that doesn't have any children what is wrong with her. Do not do it. How do you know anything's wrong with us? In my situation, We went to four different doctors. No one can find anything wrong with me. They couldn't find anything wrong with my husband. It was just a mystery. So do not ask us what is wrong with us. Nothing. Now, what is wrong with you for asking me that? You're crazy. (laughs) You look crazy and you sound crazy. Why are you asking me that? (laughs) It doesn't make any sense sense at all. And people need to be very aware of the conversation you are having when you're, well, I'm sorry, not conversation, when you're conversing with someone about this topic. Now, ignorance is not your stupid and ignorance is not your dumb. Ignorance is you don't know. So if you're not Mm well-versed in this situation, then research it before you ask a question and say, hey, I read up on this and I was working. Can I ask you this? You'll be surprised we're really open to having discussions about it. We're just not open to demands and finger-pointing. That's when it turns vicious. When you start telling us what we should do, trust me, we've done it all. We've done everything but do a seance. We've tried everything. We've tried it. We've ate every fruit. We've ate every root. We've tried it to try to get, you know, get a life here. So mm-hmm. for you to tell us, for you to ask what is wrong with us, it's almost like you're placing blame again that we're the reason why we can not right. have children. And that's not, tr- and that's not true. That's not true. Mm hmm. Last but not least, and this is just my top five, last but not least, mm-hmm. you should adopt or foster. There are a lot of kids without Oh, Lord. Okay, well, you got a home, you go adopt and foster. Don't you got a house? You go get one, too. Now, when I say that, <laughs> now, cricket. Cricket. Nobody had anything to say. Right. Now, because right. I don't mm-hmm. have any children. You want me to go adopt and foster a child. Well, why don't you adopt and foster a child? Well, you got a home, you got one, too. Now, what? We can do this forever. Now now the other party that said it to you is not interested in the plan. Once again, ignorance people. Because adoption is not just going to the store and picking one up off the shelf, people. It's a whole process. And many times Mm -hmm. it costs money that some people don't have to adopt. That's right. That's right. And people don't realize it's harder to adopt in the United States than it is to adopt overseas. So that's why a lot of people are going overseas to get children. It's because the process is easier. It's very hard to adopt over here. And I've known friends who went to adopt, and right before the adoption was to go through, the parent changed their mind and took the child back. It's emotional. And a lot of people aren't willing to deal with that. They're not willing to deal with that. So adoption is not just snapping the fingers, let's just adopt. And in my case, I've never been interested in adopting, never. I'm not interested now. Um, but I do say that because I went through 12 years of uh, fertility program and trying to – well, not the whole 12. Uh, the past three I have not. But uh, for nine or ten years I went through a fertility process. I'm, I'm mentally and emotionally drained, that I don't want to go through another process. So that's why that's one reason why I'm not interested. There are many reasons why I'm not interested, but that's one reason why I'm not interested is because I've already went through a long process of a, of, of a program to get a child and I'll have one, so I'm not interested in going through any more processes. So I, I'd rather just not do anything because I'm tired. Yeah. I'm tired and I'm exhausted yeah. mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and physically. I'm tired. So it's just like, I'd rather just not. If I were younger, if I had went through my same process in my 20s and realized in my 30s I had exhausted everything, I may would have attempted adoption. But now that I'm in my early 40s, I'm just not interested. And those are my thoughts. Yeah, five I- I'm with you. Well, let me just tell you, I just had someone um, say something in regards that this is a great discussion and that this world is full of people quick to judge and assume this discussion is very eye opening. And I appreciate that because people are, we live in a world of judgmentals and assumptions. I mean, you know, it, it it exists everywhere. We don't know a person. We don't know a situation. We don't know the circumstances. And so we can only take it from our perspective. I get it. It doesn't make it right. You know, um, I will tell you about adoption and fostering. I did think about it from my experience, mm-hmm. but then when I, when I looked into it, there was so much, and it's just like you were saying, Candace, there was so much in the process that it made it not worthwhile. Meanwhile, there's these kids right. that still need assistance and help, and they need a home, and they need love, and they need care. And then we get these people. I don't know how this happens, and I, this is this isn't the topic, but what turned me off is that it seemed like the people that got um, that got <laughs> accepted were people, and they ended up abusing children. I said, mm-hmm. "Well, what's wrong with this process?" And so then I thought about, I don't want. And so y'all say what you want to say, but this is me. It's enough dealing with somebody that's gonna be like me, let alone about to deal with somebody that is about somebody I don't know nothing about. Mm-hmm. And so I mm-hmm. thought about that, and I said, I don't know that I want to take on that level of um, care. For a child, I I don't know what their background is, really. I don't understand the temperament that they are born with. It's what's in their DNA. And I'm thinking all these things, and that's what really turned me off. So when people still come to me about, you'll be a great mother, this is what I hate. You would be a great mother. How do you know? I, I mean, <laughs> and then, <laughs> what, you know, what, what does that look like? What does that look like? I mean, I know there's certain things about being a great mother, but you don't really know me or my situation. Maybe it is, and I've come to grips with this, maybe I really don't have patience. I mean, who knows? I don't know. I haven't done it, you know. Or you have children. you got lots of godchildren. Never, ever, 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 ever say that to me again, y'all. I'm telling you right now. It is a thing Mm -hmm. that just gets to me, and it irks my nerve because those are what you just said, my godchildren. They, do, they didn't come from my womb. I love them, mm-hmm. but there is such a love between a mother and when she's birthed that child. That is so different. And I never try to take the place of that mother. But then when you come and tell me you have, you have children, those are my babies, but they're not my babies at the same time. Can I be real? Yeah. Can I be yeah. real about this? You know, so yeah. I, that stuff bothers me. And then on Mother's Day, let me tell you something for me, never to say to me. Well, you, you're a spiritual mother. What? I didn't ask mm-hmm. you about that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I didn't ask you about that because what we're celebrating today is, let's be honest with it, We're celebrating those who gave birth. That's what you really celebrate. No, and and no one can tell me any different because that's what people celebrate through the Mm some hundred years that Mother's Day has been in. And I get um, now I'm starting not to feel that way about it, but that has irked me for years. I don't want to hear that. I just don't say anything. I'd rather you not say anything. And here's the thing. If it's Mother's Day, just say Happy Mother's Day because we say Happy Valentine's Day whether someone has a a, a boo or not. We say Merry Christmas right. whether somebody celebrates it or not. We say Happy New Year's whether um whether someone celebrates the New Year's or or, or so forth. I, I, so just say Happy Mother's Day. Be done with it. Don't try to make excuses for it. I don't want to hear that. I'm just I'm just saying I don't want to hear that. All right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's a touchy subject. Let me just – it really is. It's a it really is. a touchy is. subject, and I think I think people who have never been through it need to hear this so they'll know how to move forward with people who are going through right. it. hmm Yeah, it's, it's, the, it's, it's the lack of understanding and knowledge. And so I understand that many people don't get it, and they're trying to help. So please hear, please hear us on this. We're not bashing. What we're doing is helping you understand, but you're hearing the passion behind it. There's a lot of passion mm-hmm. behind this. There is some hurt. There is some, um, I'm going to be honest, at times bitterness for me, you know, regarding mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, and, and I, sometimes I get mad, you know. And mm-hmm. so we're helping so we, can, so we can share with the world what it feels like and what we're really going through. This ain't no, you have to understand, this is now a part of our life. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it is. this is a part of our life. And so we don't want to be reminded year after year, month after month, day after day. We live with this. It's like coming up to somebody all the time and talking about their, them being mentally or um, physically challenged, you know, Nobody want to hear that they're right. short. They've been living with being short. <laughs> Nobody wants to <laughs> if someone is eight foot Oh, you so tall, but they already know. They looking down on everybody. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Nobody mm-hmm. wants to hear that kind of stuff. And I, and I get it. We just don't know what to say. And so we're helping. Does, does everyone, do y'all feel me on that? We're just trying to help. That's all. We love y'all. We love, love you it. so much. We love but you. <laughs> we love you so much Alright So Candace I have to bring Isaiah 54 1 Again up on the line Before mm-hmm. we get ready to close out And okay. it talks about It says Isaiah 54 1 A perpetual covenant of peace It starts off with this Sing O barren You who have not borne. Break forth into singing and cry aloud, you who have not labored with child, for more mm-hmm. are the children of the desolate than the children of the married woman, says the Lord. What are your thoughts on that? It's interesting that you say that because I was looking at Isaiah sixty twenty two which says when the Ooh. time is right, I, the Lord, will make it happen. Mm-hmm. So in due time, I think the word is saying in due time, it will happen. If right. not, it's okay. It's okay. You're able to mother whoever, mother children of the spirit, of the mind, of the soul. But if you don't mm-hmm. have any, it's okay. I also believe the Bible yeah. gives us a lot of hope. It gives us a lot of hope that it will happen. That's why you see all the testimonies right. and the stories that it will happen, so I stand, you know it's interesting because faith is not an emotion, it's a right. decision to stand on god's word that's it so in you reading isaiah fifty four I've tuned in to isaiah sixty twenty two that says when the time is right, I Lord will make it happen so that's what I, I, I love it. it I love it mhm, I love it, I love it, and I thank you for that. I wanted to bring this up because, you know, we want people to understand that, you know, when I read these a long time ago, and actually a few mm-hmm. weeks ago, during last month, as a matter of fact, I said, I, I'm not joyful about this, mm-hmm. oh, God, until we did part one. Until we did part oh. one, and I can start singing mm-hmm. about this and thanking God I will tell you two weeks ago was the first time I really thank God for this season of my life and going through that experience and that there's still hope. So it's interesting that That's you awesome. brought up that verse, but I, I never saw it that way. Mm-hmm. Until we did part one. <laughs> so I'm gonna say to and, you And Steph, one thing and one thing about me, Danzi, I don't read the Bible well when I'm mad. It doesn't. Yeah. It doesn't flow mm-hmm. when I'm angry. It's only when I'm at peace. And now I understand growing up in church and being in the church. I understand devotion before the actual deliverance of the word because it kind of calms your heart mm-hmm. a little bit. It opens your and it opens your mind and opens your spirit to receive what you're about to hear or receive what you're about to read. So mm-hmm. when you go into it with the with the with anger, which is Fear, all anger is is fear, right, and fear holds us right, tight. and be careful because fear can be your worst enemy and your best friend of your mind, wow, yeah that's so good. when Ooh, that's so good. before you go before you go into the word of God, go into devotion that's what devotion means is you're devoting your spirit and your time to God to relax you to get ready to hear the word and receive it so when I go into the word of God and I and I listen and I hone in on it, I say, Oh, that's what I that's what it means. But it also says lean on into your own understanding. So I'll call my uncle, I'll call my mentors and sometimes give them a scripture and say, This is how I understand it. What is it actually saying? Sometimes I'm right on point mm-hmm. and sometimes I'm way off. And mm-hmm, sometimes when I'm mm-hmm. way off it's because I read it I read it in an emotional state. So be careful good, when Candace. you re, when you read the body of Christ. Because when you read the body of Christ and you're in an emotional state, you can't receive the understanding in which it's meant. Wow! Did y'all hear that? Because that 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 one will definitely preach. I love that. I love that. So um, Candace, I thank you so much again. Is there anything else you want to share? Because I definitely want you to pray for those. Um, we prayed last time for those struggling,
1: so we mm-hmm. want to
0: do pray for yes. them, but we definitely want to pray for those who don't understand the struggle. Yes. So I have two things I want to say to those who are dealing yeah. with infertility and for those who aren't and you're dealing with something. Infertility does not happen necessarily mean a womb. Infertility could be a standstill just in your, uh, in your present activity of life. In- infertility means not bringing forward. So that can be anything, finances, your job, relationships, anything. In our situation, we're talking about the womb, not bringing forth a child. So write down your desire in a prayer and say it out loud. Learn how to write down your desires in prayer and say it out loud, and then let go and let God. I know people tend to say let go and let God. I have a hard time struggling with that. But after the first discussion we had, I let it go, and I feel great. Fixating on it will only hinder what you desire. So let me just say this: letting go and letting God doesn't mean you stop praying. It doesn't mean you stop right. intimacy with your husband. It doesn't mean you stop believing. All it means is that you right. t- you stop trying to intervene with the solution on God's behalf. That's all that mm-hmm. means. You quit trying to quit trying to run around your city trying to find a solution. Letting go means that I'm, I've done all that I can do on my end. It has not worked. Now I'm giving it over to God. Once you do that, watch him move instantly in your life. He will move so quickly and so swiftly, it'll scare you. Wow. So that's all, that's all letting go and let God mean is just stop trying to intervene with the solution. God has the solution. He's just waiting on us to get out of our own way. finally, when you are in a season of waiting, it's never just a season of waiting. That's not just what it is. It's a preparation, self-improvement, giving, and as always, sanctification. Waiting is not passive. It's active. Be prepared for what you are praying for. You might not know when, but when God speaks, it happens fast. So be ready for it.
1: And that's, that's what I have
0: to end with. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good. I hope someone's encouraged by that because that's good right there. And so, Candice, if you don't mind just praying. Absolutely. Close your eyes and bow your head. saints. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you in praise and in worship of your holy name. We honor you for what you are doing, have done, and will do in our lives. We thank you for the opportunity to come boldly at your feet, and pour out our greatest desires. For God, your word says that you will give us the desires of our hearts if we delight in you. Today, Lord, we mm, ask yes, that you Lord. open any closed wound, Lord. Open any closed wound. Soften mm-hmm. our hearts, Lord, to follow you and to bask in your presence. Answer year-by-year prayers today, Lord. Lord, I ask that you give us the strength to let go and let you Lord. I ask that each and every person that is listening on this call today has a better understanding and learn to accept a little part of empathy for those who are suffering. And all these blessings we ask in your name, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. Listen, I'm glad again that this episode has happened. We're talking about infaturity infertility and me, that infertility doesn't define me. And I want you to know I am so happy that you joined us on tonight. I want you all to make sure you give a big shout-out to Candace Ellerby. She is so awesome in what God has ordained her to do in this season of her life. And listen, it's not just about this, because infertility doesn't define her. There's more to her than meets the eye. So, Candace, once again, I thank you for joining us. Um, on this broadcast. I look for more because there's a a lot more that we've been talking about that we want to share with you all. If you would join us again in the very new future, it looks like I have some people, I'm not sure if you're starting to ask questions, so I just want to make sure I don't miss anyone as you're typing in or sending in something. But it is incredibly important to make sure that we um, address these issues Listen, I, if there's any men that are out there who've been struggling, we want to hear from you. We want to be mm-hmm. able to share and build up other men. There are more things, that, and let me tell you all, this is not the last time you're going to hear Candice, because there is so much more to talk about about this particular subject, and we can go a lot deeper with some other people. Mm-hmm. So make sure that you are sending in your, your comments, I want to know what you're saying so that I can share them with Candice and that we can discuss more about this. If you want to hear a particular thing about this topic when it comes to infertility, please let us know. You can contact me once again on my Facebook page, Dancia, D-A-N-S-I-E-A, Jones Morris, that's D-A-N-S-I-E-A, capital J-O-N-E-S, capital M-O-R-R-I-S, Please hit me up, like, um, like the page, and then send me a message, and I can get back to you regarding that, whatever topic it is. I am looking forward to hearing from you all. Once again, this is Dancia Jones-Morris, Kingdom Authority broadcast on Blog Talk Radio under Kingdom Power Incorporated. I do thank each and every one of you for listening. Make sure you share this episode because more is to come. More is to come, and I don't want you to miss it. I want you to operate in authority in your territory. Thank you, and have a great night.